Hello, Real News listeners. Brad here with my friend. Eileen. And I'm the writer and director on a film called Trauma. It's a local independent feature-length film. It's about a girl named Allison who wakes up uh, with a day she can't remember and a head injury. And she starts to think people might be lying to her about how she sustained that injury. And I'm not making it alone. You're going to be the director of photography and one of the producers on the film. That's right. It's my job to make it look good. So how can people help us make this movie? Well, movies are expensive to make, and while this is a low-budget film, we do need some funds. Um, so we are trying to raise them online through the uh, crowdsourcing website, Indiegogo.com. We have a campaign set up. It's at Indiegogo.com slash trauma dash the dash film. That's right. Indiegogo.com slash trauma dash the dash film dot com. So Eileen, what incentives do people have to donate to our small feature? Well, we have a series of perks set up. Uh, The first one starts at $5. Anyone who donates to the film, uh, any amount over $5 is going to be listed on our website as a supporter. Um, And they go up from there. We have uh, t-shirts. We have posters. We have uh, DVD copies of the final film. We're offering uh, tickets to the premiere. And they're uh, cumulative perks. So, you know, if if, if you donate for the t-shirt level, you get everything, you know, from that level down. So we have a lot of cool things. And the more you donate, the better the stuff you get in return. Even if you can't contribute financially, we need people just to help us spread the word. We're on Facebook. It's at facebook.com slash trauma the feature, all one word. That's right. Tell your friends, tell your family, spread the link across the internet and help us make this movie happen. We have a great cast and crew of uh, independent artists that are coming together to make this film. It's a great little story and I think that you'll really like it. But this offer isn't extended forever. That's right. The campaign ends October 6th. And if we don't raise enough money by October 6th, we're not going to be able to make the film. And that'll be disappointing. So don't let that happen. Log on to Indiegogo.com slash trauma dash the dash film and donate today. And check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash trauma the feature. Does this sound familiar? You're interested in purchasing that new action figure, but aren't sure if it's worth it? Well, come check out PlasticExplosion.com, where you can go to find all the latest and greatest action figure previews and reviews. Every week, they'll be bringing you reviews and picks from your favorite collections, such as DC Universe, Masters of the Universe Classics, Marvel Universe, Star Wars, Transformers, and many more. Come check us out at PlasticExplosion.com. That's PlasticExplosion.com. Oh no, some scary clown squirted water all over my comics. Never fear, son! In Colorado, there is one place to go for all your comic needs. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics! Oh boy, thanks, Coins, Cards, Comics, man! Oh no, there's a lady hanging off that building! Can you save her? I can't save her, but you can also save 20% by getting a hold slot at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, she's falling. Did you know prices are also falling on back issues at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics? Thanks for saving me, Coins, Cards, Comics guy. Now I can buy my son the card games he wants and the sports memorabilia my husband wants. That's correct, ma'am. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics knocks it out of the park. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And tell them the real nerd sent you. For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. 
You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop off Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is Brad. <laughs> <laughs> to my right is James. And this week we saw Resident Evil Res- Retribution. Retribution. It's got some title. Yeah, but it, the title doesn't make any fucking sense. I thought you were going to say it like the video games. Resident Evil Retribution. <laughs> Retribution. Oh. Retcha, it doesn't matter what the name of the movie is. Resident Evil Legacy. Resident Evil. This time, the T-Virus gets out. Resident Evil 5. <laughs> is. But I don't want them to confuse it with the great Resident Evil 5 game. I I really don't care one way or the other. I know. You're I, st- I actually kind of like the, the idea that there would be a number because it would remind me that I've seen five of these movies. Is that crazy when you think about it? Uh, it's literally it a horror movie franchise. And that movie, like, it was, you know, the first one was fine, but I never would have believed that it would have gone this long. No, I, I wouldn't either, but I'll let you know. Uh, I'll, I'll do this little trivia for all our podcast listeners. Every uh, new Resident Evil movie has made more money than the previous one. Yeah. Every single one. I think the last one um, domestically was sixty million, but worldwide it was something like two hundred and forty million dollars. So yeah, they'll probably never go it's, away. It's ridiculous. I I just can't. And it's <laughs> kind of like the Uva Bowl movies, you know, where he just keeps making. What was the last movie he made? Well, Postal. Pro- yeah, no, I, six no, years no, ago. No, I don't remember. No, no, is that one he did about the the Holocaust that no one saw? Don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, he made a movie about the col- the Holocaust. Are you? Do you run his? website no but i did sign the petition saying that he should be allowed to keep making movies why uh because i'm a really big fan of uh, ed wood um yeah so I, I i i there's a difference between ed wood and him ed wood had charm because his movies were so bad well but ed wood thoroughly believed that he was making good movies like he was he was trying really hard to do what he loved james and i have told you that my barometer for a bad movie is right no the worst movie of all time is House of the Dead. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I knew this. And we've seen Creature. I'm just saying. No, I'll let you, I'll let you know that's how bad House of the Dead is. No, no, I know. I don't, I don't think Creature is the worst, you know, in the top ten of worst movies. It is the worst, one of the worst movies of all time, but House of the Dead is worse. <laughs> it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in, like, in theaters, but for sure. Anyways, you can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can also email us at real nerds. Wait, realnerds at gmail.com? I can do this, I swear. I've done it 70-something fucking times. It's okay. Brad will just take what you said last week and then cut it over this one. That's good. It's yeah. probably for the best. Yeah. We didn't get anything from Marky Mark. I was kind of hoping he'd call us this week. He's hiding. He's hiding, but maybe he's just working on his new Transformer. You know, who knows? And you can also like us on Facebook. You can download us on iTunes in case you forgot how to listen to us. You can go to our website, too, realnerdspodcast.com. We should just pre-record reviews, like four different kinds of reviews, and pre-record all the other segments, and then just cut it together differently every week. Like, oh, we didn't, we didn't like this movie, so you throw the bad review on there, and then that's it. We do no work for this podcast at all. That doesn't make any sense. 
And I don't even know if you're trying to be funny or what, but um, it, your joke fell flat. Wait, and again, wait, 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 your cell on. phone hold is on. going off again. Hold on a second, guys. My phone went off. I know. Un-freaking-believable. Pretty shut sure people listening have shut off the podcast by now. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> hey, mailbag time. Feed me! Just a couple quick tweets. Um, Jesse from Plastic Explosion mentioned me personally. He said, Ryan, just put up some amazing Spider-Man reviews that may interest you. Guess what, Jesse? They did interest me. Thank you. Um, again, you can go to plasticexplosion.tumblr.com to see all their awesome reviews for toys. Toys are fun. What uh, Spider-Man yeah. toys did he review? Uh, all the uh, ones from the movie. So you should check them out. Does that include the exclusive uh, midnight screening? <laughs> it does not. <laughs> well, that's... I think that's just the most basic Marvel Select one. Oh. But there is a chase of it with just Peter Parker's head instead of Spidey's head. Or is it what's Andrew a, Garfield's head? What's a chase? Um, in every um, case... Like a variant? Yeah. In every case of action figures, they usually put one in that's different. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, remember when we were at Starfest and I got the Green Goblin without yeah. the mask? Yeah. That's yeah. what a chase is. Huh. And I think they... I don't know why they give him the name Chase. Maybe Jesse can let me know. Maybe it's because people chase after... That Ooh. figure? I don't know. Jesse probably knows. I don't. So check out plasticexplosion.tumblr.com. And uh, at MuseTars, 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 he said, have the wristbands been shipped? They have been shipped. If you haven't got yours like he hasn't, let me know, and I'll just send another one. Um, but he's the only one who said anything, so. Hopefully everybody else I got I think theirs. everybody else got theirs. I hope. You can tweet us if you haven't at real underscore nerds, and I'll make sure you get one. I promise. Um, so yeah, those. That's it for the mailbag. No really emails or anything. Um, I guess everyone was content with our review of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yeah, so. no one had anything bad to say about Raiders. Um, so yeah, thanks again. You can tweet us real underscore nerds. Email us real nerds at gmail dot com. Um, guess what, guys? What box office stats? I'm make this really hard for you to edit. It gets so much more ridiculous every week. This is the box office dance. You do realize Joe does that segment, right? Like he dresses it up. Yeah, yeah. I know. I was just making it really hard for you to edit it in. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted you to have something to do. No, he's just, he's just going to leave your stupidity in there and then be like, well, yeah, podcast sinks or swims on Ryan. <laughs> Um, number one, repeating for the second week in a row, was the Sam Raimi produced The Possession. Is that the second week or the third week? Uh, second week, I believe. Oh. Um, it made $9 million. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark was at 14, but it did $1.6 in just IMAX theaters, which was like something like 6000 per screen, so that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's just over 6000 which... Based on how few people were ended up actually being in our our screening, makes sense. I mean, yeah. I, I think it was maybe a third full by the time it aired, but uh, there's, we were but the only ones in line. I mean, the, that movie is all gravy for Paramount. I mean, how much yeah. money did oh, it possibly cost? Um, so, yeah, thanks, Box Office Mojo, for your box office stats. You know what really disappoints me is how well I remember stats like that, guys. Oh, um, like the per screen average, you guys don't even say a fucking word about that. It's crazy how good you are at that. You, some, you sometimes you'll will say something about. I bet you could tell me how much money the first Resident Evil movie made. Uh, I think it was fifty point one million. To tell you the truth, all I right. think doesn't sound very confident. Give me, but no, all right. give me, no, give me I, a second, and I'm, I will. I'm, I'm somewhere around fifty million. Okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now don't hold me to that, James. But he's gonna no, look no, it up. No, 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 you keep going. You keep going. Um. So yeah. Now it's time for 
DVD and Blu-rays. DVD releases and Blu-rays. It was forty million. Forty million, yeah, ten yeah. million off. Pretty close. Pathetic. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Was it forty point one? Uh yes. So that's a pretty good. That's <laughs> a fifty point one. Yeah. Um DVD and Blu-rays. This week actually there's kind of a uh, big movies coming out that I've already pre ordered. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Cabin in the Woods is coming out, oh. which is spoilers, guys, for our end of year in three months. It could be in my top ten. Stay yeah. tuned. I can't wait to watch that movie again. I wish I'd seen it twice in theaters. Me too. Uh, also, the best exotic Marigold Hotel, which had a great run at the box office. Um, Did it really? Yeah, it I was think it's it, still there. Yeah, it was in the top ten for something like six or seven weeks, and ended up grossing over forty million dollars. Which, for a little independent English movie about old fucks, yeah, that's pretty good. The truth is, I did want to see it. It's just that we see a lot of movies. Yeah, and me too. And, and I meant to see it with one of my free movie passes. I never just got around to it. Yeah. Um, the big release next week, of course, is Indiana Jones: A Complete, the Complete Adventures Blu-ray, which oh, also yeah. comes with an ex- uh, exclusive Blu-ray disc. I already paid for it. It'll be at my house hopefully Tuesday. Uh, you know, I I know uh, Cabin in the Woods will be. I saw that it, you will get it the day it releases. Cool. Um, also, Supernatural season seven, which I keep on meaning to see because I heard it's kind of a cool show. Oh, yeah, me but too. it's one of the ones I've never really got around to. Oh, you just don't oh, like it because your ex girlfriend liked it. <laughs> Let's be honest, Brad. No, it was still boring. No, you fell in love with Jared Padalecki and just, I mean, wow. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. Way to pull that name. Would, would you say it's better or worse than Eureka? I haven't seen Eureka, so that would, would you be say fair. it's better or worse than Terra Nova? <laughs> I haven't seen Terra Nova, so that wouldn't be Would fair. Would you say it's better or worse than that other one that came out last year that nobody watched? Shut up, James. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Modern Family Season 3. My wife loves that show. I've seen a few episodes. It's all right. Yeah. Um, it seems a little sitcom-y. I've never actually watched it, but it's it's it, it was hard for me to even watch How I Met Your Mother, and of course I love that show, so trying to get me to watch another clearly sitcom show is, is difficult. Yeah, that one is too oh, weird, too. I, I sat down and watched it. It's like The Office. It's... These people are documenting family yeah. life. I didn't know it was like that until I watched it with my wife one day. Um, the Criterion Collection expands with the game, which I love the art for the game. The DVD yeah. cover is awesome. It is. Mm. Um, and the movie's really cool, too. If you've never seen the movie, you should definitely check it out. Oh, absolutely. It seems like a weird one to me because the game to me is just like, it's a good thriller, but I, I've never felt like it's that much deeper than that. But for it to have a Criterion, I think it's pretty weird. Um, but it's... Because uh, Fincher, yeah, exactly, yeah. David Fincher. It's a cool movie, and I always thought Michael Douglas had the coolest voice. Yeah, whenever he talks, I always say, "Man, when I get old, I want his voice to tell me what to do." Even cooler than Kiefer Sutherland or James Earl Jones. Um, ooh, ooh that's a tough call. Uh, you know, I, I don't like Axe body spray, but that Kiefer Sutherland's <laughs> doing an Axe body spray commercial that's really cool. I kind of, I kind of want to get some Axe body spray. I'm a fan of Sam Elliott. When Sam Elliott well, talks on things. Yeah, you know, pretty much especially Dodge Rams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, also, for Brad, Katy Perry, All of Me is out. <laughs> yeah, I got my, my I, You want to hear something funny about that movie? It's one of the best reviewed movies of the year. What? Are you kidding me? No. I didn't, All I, I heard was how terrible it was. No, I'm I didn't not joking. Even, I didn't even realize it actually came out. Like I remember us making fun of the trailers and stuff, but I don't remember seeing it on a marquee. Thank you for believing in my very crazy. I don't yeah. know if she says something like that at the end. I didn't even notice that they weren't making me watch that trailer anymore. Yeah. Anyway. I, think, I think it's over 90% on the tomato meter. That's crazy. I'm not exaggerating. Because the only people who went to saw it were already 
<laughs> predetermined to like well, the movie. And the truth is what it is. I mean, it's a concert movie. Like, it, how can it be that bad? I, you know, it, obviously you could not like the music, um, but there's just going to be interstitials where she's like, it was really hard sometimes, but I got through it and you can too. And then she'll sing another song. So it's not like... I will say two, this. I thought her it. movie looked more interesting than when we went to see those Fathom events of the Grateful Dead. Yeah, oh. That looks really exciting. Well, Jerry Garcia just standing there and singing. Well, that's that's old footage that wasn't made to be like, you know, she's putting on you some kind of crazy You can still show. have fun. I think Michael Jackson's Dangerous yeah. Tour from 1990 is pretty sweet. But again, that's a pop singer. Like, the, their music doesn't stand on its own, so they just have to, like, put on a show. I, hey, I just, yeah, I know, I said it. Was it you who was saying how great the Jonas Brothers movie was? No, it was not me. <laughs> no, I think it, it made was. a lot of money, though, didn't it? But I will say that Justin Bieber's... <laughs> Something. Never say no. Never say die. Never, never again. Wow, you know it, huh? Ah, uh, no, I'm. Are just I'm, rattling off James Bond titles? <laughs> I was just say, I think <laughs> if just you go to James's room, you'll see like the Raiders poster is slightly peeling you off know, the wall, and there's a Justin Bieber you, poster you know behind what? that. We have just, a Belieber following us. Maybe just, that's James's just, other Twitter mm, handle. Mm, <laughs> a Belieber. Justin Justin Bieber never never say never again. I think, I think that's his. Yeah. I think. No, it's not. That's a that's a that's, that's a James, a James Bond. Bond. <laughs> it is, but I'm pretty sure it's something like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's something like that. Never back down. No, <laughs> I think that's another dance move. Never cry wolf. Why, why <laughs> is why is Sawyer from Lost <laughs> teaching I, urban kids to dance? In, was, yeah, to best the, of the year to beat the Koreans. In the Koreans. He's fighting. He's dance fighting with the Koreans. I guess I should elaborate. <sighs> There's a trailer for a movie that looks horrible, um. and the guy from Lost is in it. Was it is it Battle of the Year in three D? Battle of the Year in three D or something or Best wow. of the Year? I don't remember. I know it's definitely Battle something. Yeah. I think it's Battle, then it's of, battle the of the Year. Yeah. And then at the end of the trailer, they go three D and they yeah. It's it's like you know when you huddle up as a football team, you say uh, we go out there, we play Broncos football, we come out champions. Broncos on three, one two three Broncos. In this movie, they said three D and they did the. <laughs> we go out there, we throw things at the camera, three D. <laughs> And uh, also, Ed Wood comes out on Blu-ray. Yes, I'm excited about. I love that movie. I may I may not buy this right away because I've, I'll, I will spend over $100 on Blu-rays this week. Yeah. But uh, I can't wait to see them. Yeah. Not that it's going to look that much better, but I love that movie. And it's the only Tim Burton movie that's any good. Um, thanks, no, DigitalBits.com, for me. Big Fish. I think you wanted to mention Bait 3D. Is Bait 3D out. comes out this week. There literally is a new like shark attack movie every I week. I know. That's why I, I want to keep doing this. To bring From the studio attention. that brought you Alien Origin comes Bait 3D. There might be as many shark movies as there are zombie movies. Uh, I think there's more shark movies than there are zombie there movies. There might be. Do they have shark movie conventions? <laughs> they should. <sighs> Let's go to one. Oh, people, that'd be awesome. People run around I'm gonna tell sharks. You guys, I'm going to tell you right now, Sand Sharks was way better <laughs> than... Uh, it's bullshit. <laughs> Crocosaurus <laughs> shark. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Sand Sharks. I need to see that. <laughs> Thank you, DigitalBits.com, for supplying us with all the DVD releases. Remember, click on the art on DigitalBits.com. It'll take you directly to Amazon, where you can buy the movie and support DigitalBits.com. Hey guys, let's unspool some real news. It's real news! I'm going to mention right now that our friend Aaron made a really cool poster of our podcast oh, so neat. that you can go on our website and check out. So that's uh, my contribution to the news this week. <laughs> it was really cool. It I is saw really it this cool. morning and I thought, that is, oh, it's so good. It is. It's awesome. Yeah. 
Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, Aaron, for taking time to make us unique. It kind of reminds me of like a rolled doll picture. Oh, um, totally, yeah. Like the hands and stuff. I don't know if you ever read Roll Doll when you were younger. I love Roll Doll. Um, the BFG, the witches. Uh, I was uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I was um, Matilda. S- scarred Great book. When I was in the second grade or something like that, he he wrote like an autobiography, and in that book he talks about when he had his tonsils taken out, mm-hmm. and it was just like he walked into the doctor's office and they took a knife and like shoved it in their mouth and like you know like waved it around in his mouth until like shit fell out of his mouth and then his tonsils were gone and he describes it in the most horrible way and it has haunted me all my life he wrote a james bond movie i forget which one um never say never again thank you yep (laughs) 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 i knew that i i i didn't know he was a screenwriter but he's also a screenwriter i just want to make well he was a screenwriter he didn't write that movie he wrote some other bond movie but not not it's one of them it's one of the ones in the 60s i'm pretty sure oh yeah yeah um, but yeah, if you're at the library, like, hey, I want a good book to read. Matilda. Pick up Matilda. It's great. Dude, yeah, absolutely. Anyways, what you got for news, James? Uh, well, just to put a nail in this coffin, there is definitely not going to be... There was some up and down on this, but there is definitely not going to be a extended version of The Dark Knight. What? Um, big surprise. I just did a I mic st- drop. I, th- <laughs> I still think it was worth talking about last week. I know. It'd be sweet if he did, but he's one of those directors like Spielberg. He's just... Yeah. They might put deleted scenes on, but I don't think he's ever going to do a... Director's cut. Speaking of Spielberg, way to segue. Thank you. Did you guys see that Lincoln trailer? I did. <sighs> I was hoping to see it during our movie, but I know yeah, I was me too. too. But it was I a watched. long shot, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, did, hey Ryan, you loved this trailer. How much did you love this trailer? Uh, I liked it a lot. I'm a really big fan of um, presidential history. Yeah. And so it was kind of cool <laughs> just seeing Spielberg do. Oh man, I don't know. I he, saw part of it, and it, yeah. it looked like visually fantastic, which is no. Oh man, there was the, my favorite shot is Lincoln is riding a horse through the battlefield of Gettysburg of the aftermath. Oh my gosh, the shot where he takes his yeah, hat and off. he takes his yeah. hat off. No, oh, it is. Man, There's something about that that's very chilling. I I think this movie is going to be important, and I and I I say that you know I know I I really love Spielberg, and I really I've said before that he's going to win Oscars this year. I, that's just I, I'm I'm positive about that. This will probably be the best picture winner, um, without having even seen the movie. I'm just gonna I could lay money on that. And I, uh, I but I, I think it's going to deserve it. I will yeah. say too, I love Daniel Day Lewis's interpretation of how he sounds. Yeah, because um, he doesn't quite sound like how I think I would. Yeah, expect Lincoln to sound. But, but I remember but reading human. something about Lincoln, and he kind of it reminded me of. I don't remember the wording of how he sounded, yeah. but when Daniel Day-Lewis was speaking in the trailer, I'm like, I think that's how he would sound, where it's kind of Southern, but not really Southern. Yeah. It's uh, a distinguished gentleman, I guess, is the best way to say it. Right. And, you know, I became a huge fan of Sally Field, and seeing her in a movie, too, makes me excited. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, was... you know, she's in Spider-Man, and I loved her in Soap Dish. God, I love Soap and Dish. And I forgot, I forgot that Joseph Gordon-Levitt in is in this movie. He is. This really is his year. I mean, not all of his movies were good, unfortunately. But he I don't was think in a Premium Rush was bad. No, I don't think it was that bad. I mean, I didn't rush out to see it. Whoa! You did. You went on the opening day. Uh, yeah, we, did, we actually. <laughs> did. But did we? Were we premiumly rushing to it? Uh, oh that, no! That see, that now you're trying to. Anyways, what else you got for me, James? Uh, New Line is apparently working really hard and starting to meet with directors for Why the Last Man. Have you guys read Why the Last Man? I haven't. I know what it's about, though. Okay, so my mission for the next few years is to make sure that you guys read this book because <laughs> it's amazing. Like It really is. Who, it's wrote, one of the who wrote it? Bri- uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I some guy, some Vaughn, some uh, Dick Vaughn. I don't know. <laughs> no, Brian K. Vaughn, who, who this was one of the books that got me into comics. 
uh, when six years ago when I started reading again. Um, and it's fantastic. It's really, really good. And basically what they're saying is that they have got a script now that they actually really like. Uh, and I like the idea that it's New Line because obviously New Line did all the Lord of the Rings movies and they are okay with the idea of doing multiple movies and putting money behind you know, a longer project like that. Now, nobody's saying that's what they're going to do, and I certainly don't expect that's what they're going to do, but I would hate it if they tried to do the entire story in one movie. But uh, still, I'm excited by this. It's one of those things we didn't hear much about because Brian K. Vaughn left comics and did scripting for a while, and then none of his movies got made, and I was very sad. But uh, I'm, I'm excited for this to actually happen. This needs to happen. I think it's fun whenever... Um I, it's not really independent, but it's a DC Vertigo. So when books like that get picked up to be made into movies, yeah. it always kind of intrigues me. Uh, just a couple more tiny little things. Disney is suing a company uh, called Bright Spark because they made a movie called Braver. <laughs> and it has the same cover. I haven't seen a trailer for it, but it is literally, it's its like an Asylum version of Brave, but it's not Asylum, which is weird. It's the kid version of Asylum. Maybe yeah. it's like a division of Asylum. It, it very well may be. <laughs> um, but just to call the movie Braver, you know, like they didn't call it, like there was that movie, uh, uh, Core of the Brave, which I think is an Asylum picture, which uh, I don't think it's Core, but it's something like that, where the, the word Brave was biggest on the cover, but the title was not Brave. They just used the word in it. Uh, but this is literally... And the font is the same, like it's the same. We get little squiggles and stuff. I'm in looking the at it. They even have the like the the Stonehenge kind of thing. Going yeah, they've on got in the it. Stonehenge thing. They've got the little wisps and stuff around the bottom. Oh, it's it's, it's this one's really bad. Um, I I hope that Disney crushes these people. Isn't it weird so how people think happening. that that's okay? Yeah, and I, I never would because you can do it. You know, if it's a parody, that's a direct. You know. A, a parody but it's not even close to being a parody it's just a rip off of yeah. it well they've been doing this for 10 years and i don't know how they make any money doing it like i don't know where they're selling these movies i mean they have to be selling them on the streets of like baghdad for 15 cents <laughs> and telling people that this is what american movies look like maybe that's why these people don't like us you, over don't, there. you don't have to go saying. that far you can just walk down the street in new york and <laughs> well yeah pick up a copy of like something like that but i mean they have to they have to be selling them to people who don't know that like there was a movie called Brave, and that. Well, I think everybody's had a parent who bought you like uh, I don't know, like the not Disney version of the Little Mermaid. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I remember those. Quite but a they bit, probably but. don't sue them because you know the Little Mermaid is, I'm guessing, is public domain. But Brave is definitely a a product of Disney. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously Disney is a, a stickler on this one. I would um, be too. Yeah. It's funny, Ryan, last week you said something to me about how good the reviews for Hotel Transylvania have been so mm -hmm. far. Um, I still haven't read any of those, and I, while that trailer doesn't look offensively bad to me, I, I still am not crazy about going to see it. But I was reminded that the guy who made that movie, um, his name is, if I can pronounce it properly, Gendy Tartakovsky, uh, who I didn't ever know his name, but I always knew that I really liked that guy because he's the guy who did Samurai Jack some years ago on Cartoon Network, which I don't know if you guys ever watched it because I'm sure it was after yeah. your time. Did you really? 
How old does he think this guy think we are? Uh, I don't know, 57 years old. Do, do you think we'd not watch? Ca- oh, I still James, watch Cartoon Network. What's a movie? <laughs> what's this fiddle fap thing that I turn on and the cable comes through? Well, when it was on. Yeah, hey, let me tell you a story about when we were watching Cartoon Network. We're the reason there's Adult Swim on Cartoon Network, motherfucker. Dude, Remember? I was then. Yeah. I was watching the early days of Cartoon I was watching Cartoon Planet before there was an, uh, an Adult Swim. So, you know. But when I was watching Samurai Jack, it was when I was watching Cartoon Network mm-hmm. all day. You know, yeah, it was there during it's really popular about life. four or five years ago. Right? Was it really? Well, oh no, it was longer than it was that. longer than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it was definitely. Cause I don't remember when the Departed came out six years ago. Come it on. was. <laughs> it was. It was when I would consider myself to have been a kid that that show came out and was really hmm. blowing up. Um, and obviously, it goes without saying, the show was amazing. The art style was great. The action was fantastic. Um, the best action in a kid show until Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, <laughs> anyway, after this movie, and hopefully if it does well, he's saying that he wants to make a Samurai Jack movie, which is awesome. I want to see that. I want that to happen. I want it to not be a 3D animated movie. Uh, but anyway, that's the news for the week. He digresses. Yep. Brad, you got anything? Nope. No, that's it. Sorry, huh? I got yeah. Uh, it we we can week. announce we'll be at the Mile High Horror Fest. Yeah, we will. Um, or is it called the Horror Fest? I think it's that's what it's called. Is Mile, it the Horror Mile Fest High or Horror Film Festival? Film Festival, and we will be October there October fifth through the seventh at the Denver Colfax uh, Film. Film Center. But we'll be there October sixth. Yeah, just one day on the Saturday. But you'll be able to sit down and talk with us. Your love for horror movies. Um, we'll try to raffle off something again. We'll try. Yep. We'll be you know asking for donations for Alex's wristbands and we will um i'm gonna try i'm not gonna say who i'm trying to get for an interview but i've been prepping Just for this say it <laughs> uh, okay uh, kane hodder is gonna be there and he played jason in four films and he's also victor crowley in the hatchet movies and i've literally oh. prepped like 40 questions to ask him um so i really hope i get an opportunity to interview him i i'm gonna think i'm gonna send him a tweet on his uh twitter at uh at kane hill uh, kane hodder kills <laughs> which is kind of awesome and scary at the same time because um, uh, my guess is he's kind of intimidating in real life not like in a bad way but i mean to project those kind of characters you'd have to kind of be um so yeah Wait, you were get worried that he gets too into character maybe yeah because <laughs> <laughs> he could just give me that look and it'd probably scare the hell out of me he uh i will say he was the first one who really gave jason kind of a personality which sounds kind of dumb but if you've watched as many friday 13th as many times as i've watched them it definitely comes through. Not with uh, his face, but with his body. With his like, body. With the way that he moved. Um, and the yeah, because I'll, I'll say this. When you watch the early Jason movies, it's just a big guy who ran around and chased people. Yeah. Kane Hodder kind of made him slow down, and he made his moves deliberate, deliberate and violent. Yeah. And uh, so he, he definitely had a swagger to him. And it's really disappointing when he wasn't in Freddy vs. Jason. But anyways, we'll be there. Cool. You can sit down and talk to us. Um, James isn't a big horror movie fan. I am. Um, but I am ready to learn. I want to. Hopefully, yeah. you will. Um, I always say this about horror movies, though, and for some reason, it's the genre that I think is affected so much by good and bad. There's hardly ever a horror movie you're like, "Oh, this is okay." It's yeah. usually, "Hey, this is cool," and usually, it or not. Uh, this week, they released the trailer for Texas Chainsaw 3D, which oh yeah, I didn't watch that. Is, um, which isn't a massacre anymore, I guess. It's, it's not ma- yeah. a massacre. Um, <laughs> But it, they, I was reading uh, the synopsis of it, and I'm, I'm reading it, and I said, this sounds just like the one they redid in, like, 2003. The what, the Jessica Biel one? The Jessica Biel one, which I think is actually really good. Um, but then I saw the trailer, and I'm like, eh, yeah, 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 no. 
I'll watch it. <laughs> it's violent. It comes out in January. Um, and I'm always a big fan of slasher movies, so we'll see. Check it out. The poster's badass. Uh, yeah. The poster's well, the poster really is cool. interesting. James and uh, I had a discussion before the movie about the poster, how he thinks it's too gruesome to be actually yeah. on display. I don't think they should be. And I, said, I, it's right I felt still like Brad Pitt holding a shotgun. <laughs> Whoa. There's a difference between Brad Pitt holding a shotgun and masks made out of dead people's faces. I, I told th- you, maybe a kid doesn't recognize that that's like human flesh. Maybe it's like, oh, just scary But even a kid, that, like, uh, well, like remember an eight-year-old who's old enough like, to recognize was it, that. Is it Saw 4 where it's like a severed leg that well, <laughs> was a poster? I was just going to say, I always, thought, I always thought that the Saw... String. Yeah, I always thought that the Saw trailers or posters were uh, too much to be in theaters too. But. I don't think so. Way to go, censorship. <laughs> this guy. <Nah. laughs> just, I just, I'm just saying. Hey, guys. Stuff we've been watching... Yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I haven't sung a while on the podcast. I really felt like I had to do it. Um, I feel like he sings every week. Probably do. Um, I have a really light week this week. I actually only watched one movie. Um, was it good? It was awesome. Good. It's uh, Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. <laughs> and, uh, it was actually a movie they did seven years after uh, Meet Frankenstein. And they did a bunch of movies. I watched what really got me interested on the 100th anniversary Universal Blu-ray of Abbott Costello beat Frankenstein. There's a really cool, about 50-minute documentary about Abbott Costello through the Universal years. And um, it, it was really interesting because they were talking about how they wanted to do something with the monsters, Universal, because the monsters were such big money makers for them in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. But they didn't know what to do with them. And uh, they saw a little Abbott Costello movie called get the ghost or getting the ghost something like that and they saw how funny these guys were when they were scared so they approached them and they said yeah we'll do it and the first script they got they hated it and so they they rewrote it and then they ended up liking it and uh, that's how they kind of got going on this they meet monsters and uh they made you know then they they made that movie then uh, they made a couple more movies and they made meet the mummy and dude i don't know what is about abacastella but those guys kill me um, Meet the Mummy is their American, I don't even know, American guys that are stuck in Cairo and they're, uh, they're mixed up with this mummy that is going to rise and he has a medallion. If you have this medallion, the mummy's going to kill you. And the guy who's searching for him is Richard Deegan, who is, uh, Mel Cooley on the Dick Van Dyke show, a lot younger. Um, and it's, it's, the setup is so funny. Uh, it starts off, the mummy's really not in it that much, but they're trying to find this doctor so they can transport this mummy back to the United States so they can get home. And so they go to see him and the doctor has been murdered by the Egyptian evil guys because they want the mummy too. And of course only um, Costello sees the dead body of the doctor. So it's really like a 10 minute gag of the doctor sitting in a chair dead and he's calling out to um, Abby's like, I bet. Hey, I bet. That's where that's from. I didn't know <laughs> that's from is uh, Hey, I bet. And so I hate that guy, <laughs> <laughs> he comes uh running in and every time he comes running in uh the dead body is moved by the henchman so the next time he uh you know i was like hey go go get in the bathroom see if you can find the doctor so he goes in the bathroom and the doctor's hanging by the coat rag dead and he sees him again and by the time he runs in he moves him again and at uh, the end of the bit is they take a picture with the dead doctor because they're being chased by the bag it's like oh make sure we give this to the police and so the picture Costello takes is with Abbott, like with his arms around the dead guy. <laughs> and uh, on the back of the Polaroid, he wrote, uh, this is Dr. I forget the doctor's name, 
P uh, from a friend. And so he mails it to the police. So they end up being wanted for murder. <laughs> um, but uh, the best bit from the whole uh movie is the mummy rises out of his uh, sarcophagus and uh, Costello's sitting on like this little ledge and the mummy moves really slow so he's like reaching for him then Costello will stand up all of a sudden and he'll move around the sarcophagus and the mummy's like chasing him really slowly and he's really pondering where the mummy went oh, it's, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious um, so I'd recommend it's not as good as Meet Frankenstein but yeah. really close and I'm hoping I didn't see it on Netflix but I'm hoping Amazon Prime has uh, Meet the Invisible Man because that's the other one that they did. And cool. if you've seen Meet Frankenstein, that's what happens at the end is the Invisible Man's in the boat with him. Right. So, th- yeah, that was cool. And I also started watching Spartacus Vengeance, which if you want to see blood and guts and tons of fucking, watch Spartacus. That, that show. And, you know, it was a little weird, um, you know, seeing a new Spartacus. Not that yeah. he's good. He's really he is. good. He is really but, good. But, you know, it took me about 10 minutes to get into it again. Because, right. you know, you're so used to seeing another character. And it's not his fault. No, it's it's really just that, like you, all of the, your feelings about that character, you attributed to the visual representation of that old actor. Exactly. And then you've got to like, it takes you a second to drag all of that stuff in your brain and lay it on this new guy's shoulders and be like, okay, I'm supposed to feel this way about you. <laughs> exactly. And this is like, you're acting this way because of these things that happened to you, even though. It's yeah, that's what's yeah, weird. Yeah. But I mean, it started badass where he's, he's running from these horses and <laughs> the camera like pulls out and he starts bashing all these horses in the face and stabbing these guys yeah. in the face. Oh, it's badass. Um, yeah, I should check out Spartacus. I haven't finished watching it yet, but I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to you about some of the ridiculous shit that happens in that season. I may have to go back and rewatch some of it. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me. Let me watch these 10 no, episodes. No, no, no. But what's crazy is when, you know, they're, you know, keep on kind of, I guess exposition-wise, they harp back to the previous season. I was like, oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, that character. I remember that guy. It's that character. Yeah. And I don't remember. Is the first season only 10 episodes, too? Or is it 13? Um, no, I think it's 13. But I don't remember that much happening, but that much happened in that yeah. season. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, too, you also think that it's on Stars. So I think on Stars it's probably 55 minutes opposed to it is. 42 or whatever network TV is. Right. So, yeah, check out Spartacus. It's awesome. And I can't wait to finish watching it, which I'll probably do tomorrow. <laughs> Watch seven hours of Spartacus. <laughs> uh, that's all I watched. Um, Mellow Week. Sorry, listeners of Real Nerds. I watched the whole Walking Dead special features. Does anyone hear about those? I haven't finished them yet. Good. They're good. I love the Walking Dead. James, what have you been watching? Uh, well, you're gonna start off. Loyal, with the, you're gonna start off with the loyal. The, loyal listeners are gonna know that this has been coming for a while. <laughs> the grassy uh, knoll. They, yeah, this is something we've discussed before. Uh, but this week, I finally got a chance to watch His Girl Friday, nice. which is a movie that That's was. A great movie. Yeah, it 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 was on the uh, Internet Movie Database. Uh, they, um, or not the Internet Movie Database, the uh, Internet Movie Library. You could torrent it for free, and it was one of those movies. So I downloaded it then just to try that out. Um, and that movie is really good. Uh, basically, it's about it's Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell, and they're both newspaper people. And they, it's it's sort of a satire, and also sort of this romantic comedy kind of thing where. Um, she's his ex-wife and he runs this newspaper and she was, she wrote for the newspaper and she's about to get married to a new husband like tomorrow. Uh, and he's doing all these crazy things to try and get her hooked into news writing newspaper again. Um, so that he can sort of win her back and have her write for his newspaper. Um, and it's, it's fun because there's like, there's that going on. And then there's also this sort of 
um, not murder mystery, but um, it's like a court case with this guy who accidentally who shot this other person, and the newspaper is trying to prove, even though that's not their job, they're trying to prove that he's innocent and that he only fired the gun because that's what guns are built to do. And nice. as soon as he had one in his hand, he was like, well, I guess I have to shoot someone with this. <laughs> um, and and it, it's great. Like there, there are moments when a woman jumps out of the window and, and falls and you think that she's dead. And the, the, the newspaper people's reaction to that is they run to the window and they think like it's a really good story. And like, and then she's alive and they're like, oh, this is even better. And then they, they're going to run downstairs. Like they're not actually worried about the fact that a woman just jumped out of their <laughs> window. Uh, or the, they, they eventually have the, the, the murderer and they hide him in a desk. And he's just in the desk for the rest of the movie, pretty much. Um, it's it's really good. Uh, I yeah. I've been really enjoying going back and watching old movies because I love seeing what appealed to audiences back then if they yeah. still hold up. And a lot of them do. You know, I forgot to mention in Abba Costello Meet the Mummy, uh, it was totally meta. Uh, Costello would break the fourth wall like every fifth minute. Oh wow! It was, it was really cool because he's saying, "Oh, they think I'm a scaredy cat," and then he like look directly at you and say, "I'll show you how I'm a scaredy cat. I'm going to record my voice saying something scary." You're <laughs> like, he's literally just breaking the fourth wall and talking to the camera. <laughs> it's awesome, but yeah, yeah. that's cool. I'm, I'm really digging going back and watching old movies. Yeah, um, it was one that like when it started, and I didn't quite realize what it was supposed to be, especially the satire yeah. kind of stuff, like. Because there was that cultural distance between when it was made and now, because it was made in in, in 1940, um, there there were things I, I didn't realize it was being s- satirical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at first I was like, it sort of felt like a drama, yeah. and the, the dialogue was really quick, so I was having a hard time always keeping up on what was going on. Um, and I was like, well, okay, that character is just dumb, and this character I guess I'm supposed to like. And then it took me a while before I was like, oh, this is what this actually is. Uh, and then then I really liked it. But it, it it is a weird thing where you go yeah. back to those movies and you don't quite realize what they were supposed to be at the time. Or, or, you or what they're younger. Like yeah. I didn't remember Singing in the Rain was like slapstick. I had right. I had no idea remembering that. But that made sense because they said, well, that's why I liked this when I was younger because, I mean, it's goofy. But the, yeah, but stuff like that, you don't think that they they hold up so well, and they're so intelligent. Yeah, that uh, you know, movies like that, like the Maltese Falcon and stuff. I love that movie. Um, so yeah, that's cool. That and it, it came up. I've had it on my computer for a while, and the truth is, you, it's actually on Netflix too. So you don't have to torrent it to watch it. It's just <laughs> on Netflix. Um, but uh, last week during the football game, I was looking through your book that's mm-hmm. a thousand and one movies you should see before you die, and it's in there. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I should see it. And at first, when I, like I said, when I was watching it, I was like, eh, I don't know if this is really one of those. But I, yeah. I, I think it probably is. I think it is pretty dang good. Um, the 39 Steps, which I talked about a few weeks ago, was in there too, which yep. was cool. Uh, yeah. Cool. Anyway, I threw Brad off because he knew <laughs> what I was doing. Uh, the truth is, this is the week that I saw Father's Day, um, which I think we should just go ahead and talk about this openly. If If you're somebody who has heard us talk about this movie or you know what trauma is and you're interested in it, just skip forward until we're not talking about fucking stupid shit. And then we'll, uh, <laughs> you, you know, th- then go see the movie. Otherwise just, if, if, you, if so, you don't, so if you're not interested in trauma, see the movie, what? It's right, it's right there. Just <laughs> you recommend people see the movie. Wait, 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 wait. If you, if you're into that shit. Yeah. Um, but if, if not sit and listen and let, I want to, cause I want the three of us to talk about this movie and the shit that happens. Cause okay. the fuck is going on? Okay. <laughs> All right. I will say this. I think that a lot of the scenes with just the three guys and especially, um, Ahab are actually a little bit legitimately funny. 
Everything that involves <laughs> Chris Fuckman is the worst <laughs> god awful garbage. Not just like, well, it's it's awful to look at, like because it's just gross, or it's abrasive or whatever. It's just poorly shot. It's poorly. Mm. F- it's poorly like edited together. It doesn't build tension. I'm not afraid of Chris Fuckman. I don't think he's. <laughs> I don't think he's funny. I don't think it's like. It's that just be a bumper sticker. I'm not afraid of Chris Fuckman. <laughs> <laughs> it's just somebody a, thought about this a lot. It's just <laughs> obnoxious. It's just no. Really I think so obnoxious. too. I think that's my biggest problem with the movie is um, it's so over the top that it makes it obnoxious. And you're saying, "Come on, man!" It's well, because you're right. Some of the stuff is funny with Ahab. You know, I like I said, I laughed when. Uh, they come out of the tunnel and he points. I was like, "There he is!" and he shoots <laughs> him in the hand. That's well, so funny. And I or, or the scene right after that where they where Ahab runs over there. The whole scene there is great. Ahab runs over across that bridge and like shoots and destroys and stomps on Chris Fuckman's head till he's dead, and then throws him off the off the cliff, and he splatters. And Ahab has got such an adrenaline rush. He's just like, "That was fucking awesome!" And he's apologizing to the guys like, "Oh, you didn't get in on that. You didn't get to. You didn't get to kill kill, kill Chris Fuckman like I did. Oh man, you didn't." Um, that's so good. And the thing is, like, okay, with a movie like Creature, which we talked about before, mm-hmm. um, that movie knows what it wants to be, and it's trying really hard to be it. The problem is, is that there's absolutely no talent involved in making that movie. <laughs> Whereas this movie, it's almost more insulting that sometimes these guys make r- really good scenes and have really funny lines. One of my f- my favorite moments is when they're in that little room and they're talking about how they're going to get to hell and killing themselves. <laughs> and Twink says, uh, okay, this is really off topic, but can we go by my house and feed my cats? I'll pay for <laughs> gas money. <laughs> or I'll give you some cash for gas money. And it's just so like random. It was hilarious. I, it was one of the times that I really laughed out loud at this movie. Um, but then <laughs> everything with Chris Fuckman is awful. Like everything with, or, you know, any of the scenes with a woman in it, is horrible. Uh, anything with a stripper, anything with him having sex with his sister, it's just not not like, oh, this is fun taboo and I can get into it. It's just bad storytelling. Yeah, you know, the, the funny thing is, too, is I think they wanted you to be really cringing when his, he's fucking his sister because it literally is the longest sex scene I think I've ever yeah. seen on, <laughs> yeah. on TV yeah. or in, in a movie because it goes on it and on and on and on and... Uh, it makes you uncomfortable. You're like he's fucking his sister. She's kind of hot though. But the well, the thing is, is that I'm. I know I'm watching a movie. I know that's not actually that actor's sister. So it's not. Yeah. Like, and they didn't set and him the up as being possessed. So it's not like. <laughs> oh, that yeah. makes it okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the character is actually doing. Chris Fuckman. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah, because then there's just fucking. It's almost like dudes cutting their dicks and shit, and like what? They they go to this place where they. They act like I'm supposed to be disturbed by what I'm seeing, but I know that it's fake, and I know, and it's done so poorly that it it, it has absolutely no effect. It just gets boring. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I I struggle with that too. I, I was trying to keep my attention in it, right? But you know, they'd be at her apartment, then all of a sudden Chris Fuckman shows up. Like those parts, I, yeah, I don't get. I don't know if there's because he's just kind of he's supernatural. Well, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's a horrible uh, plot device. It's like a ticking. It is exactly. It's like a, clock that's counting down that they got to get out of somewhere whereas if this i, I don't just, think you're supposed to take this movie that seriously if this were no. just a road trip movie where at one point those guys lock themselves out of their car th- it'd be great because again another scene that i loved was where they had a scene where they were getting ready to kill chris fuckman and and the 
Oh, 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 oh. Well, I'll get to that in a second. That was really good too. But um, they at the end of the scene, they all walk over to the car and they it, they each just go, yeah, "My door is locked." And then they cut away. And the timing <laughs> is just perfect. It's just perfect because I think they cut away to then when Chris Fuckman kills all the strippers and then I'm very sad and I'm like, this is boring as shit. I don't like to watch this. Um, but then the, the scene earlier when the pastor tells the, the younger pastor, whatever their names are, the blind pastor tells the young pastor, you have to go find Ahab. And there's this montage of the pastor like running through the sea <laughs> and through the wilderness and finally gets to this cabin in the woods and his clothes are all torn up and it's just like he's been on this journey and we didn't really see it he didn't that take any good. like transportation he just <laughs> no. physically ran yeah he's like i know world. i know that ahab is in that cabin way over there and he just runs to it it's great <laughs> it's a really good moment uh but fuck Man? Uh, what was that uh, conversation he and Ahab were having in the car, I think, before they went to the strip club? There, there was a really funny... Oh, there is. Yeah, that part is funny. <laughs> oh, where, yeah. what's, what's he saying to him? Oh, fuck, it is funny. Uh, I can't remember, Oh, oh because he, he says something about um, how long, how hard he's worked on his on his syrup and all of that, and the guy's like, so you're an ancient tree, and... Or, or and your sister is the uh, is the sweet syrup and all of that yeah. and like like the pastor thinks it's a metaphor and he's mm. really just oh, yeah, saying like metaphor. no yeah. no I really worked really hard on this <laughs> and the pastor's trying to convince him that it was a metaphor yeah yeah, yeah. no exactly <laughs> then they have gets all upset about it yeah. that's really smart indie dialogue for a scene like that and it, it I want to see that movie I want somebody to cut this movie and just cut Chris Fuckman out of it <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it'd be about it'd be like 20 minutes long and it'd be hilarious and it would have no but, plot at all but overall i think the movie's horrible oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I can't cause i can't recommend even... anyone watch it because that's the thing the chris fuckman stuff is so bad that i think you have to drag yourself through so much of the movie to get to those little gems and i think maybe those little gems are only good because they are in a a dearth of talent like that, that those scenes you get to them and you're like, hey, these lines are not deliberate like horribly, oh, yeah. and this and this dialogue is not the worst thing well, ever. The and opening, so all of a sudden it's it's even funnier. The opening scene with Twink and his dad is like, oh my god, this is horrible. Oh, I was like, seriously, whose dad is this? This is one of their dads. And then I have to watch that guy get raped and his dick eat enough. Yes. What the fuck? You know, when Why I saw Father's Day, I saw two movies with dicks being eaten off in it. <laughs> one was with sheep, and the other one was Father's Day. Oh, that's right. That's right. I uh, it was your dick week. <laughs> it was. Oh, man. Dick week. But yeah. Anything yeah, yeah. to I, add, Brad? I have to get to the point of, no, no one should watch this movie. Oh. <laughs> well, no. You I said mean, no, earlier. I said, if you're somebody who's really into trauma, then yes. But if you're not into trauma, don't go see this movie. It might be like, the best movie trauma's ever made. Uh, the Toxic Avenger's okay, but... Uh, yeah, it might be. Uh, Cannibal the Musical. Did they really didn't make not... that, though? Did they just pick it up, though? Yeah, I, I don't think that... I don't like... think they make anything. I think they pick up stuff. They pick up... But that was a student film. Like, that wasn't made to... I don't think... Email us at realnerdsgmail.com <laughs> yeah. and clarify the trauma ways of making movies. I'll yeah. try and look it up. I mean, I, I feel like they always just pick Maybe up... Maybe they, they go, go to, to a horror fest and they say, hey, yeah, we'll exactly. distribute like Adam yeah. Zombie Killer, I think... Yeah. Uh, like it's that same route. Yeah. Or they, yeah. Just, they just make it, and then <laughs> what money does Troma make? Really? <laughs> Obviously enough to produce Blu-rays if and, I, and a limited five thousand. Yeah. If I never saw another movie where somebody came back into town and their sister had become a stripper, I'd be happier for it. 
And I do love the scene where they're in hell and they're like, how do we get back? And he shoots himself in the face again and he's like, this didn't work at all. And he's, <laughs> yeah, blood yeah. And he's crying and teeth are falling out. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, the scenes where it's just those three guys. Because even the scene where they kill themselves, like where Ahab kills himself and then the other two guys sit there and they're like, fuck. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I think one of them says, did it work? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love how when they wish themselves back and they, like, they're stuck in their dead bodies and then the cats are, like, (laughs) kind of licking them. Yeah. Do they come back? I thought they were just dead. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't say one way or the other, but it does kind of imply that, like, maybe they did get teleported back into their bodies, but their bodies are dead, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. Anywho. <laughs> it got better. I'll say that. I thought I was going to have to rip my eyes out. That's for 10 minutes, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First, yeah. Like, once you sit through the first uh, yeah. part of it, yeah, it, like, the charm sets in. No, no, no. It's not that. It's that the first 10 minutes are bad. <laughs> the first 10 minutes are <laughs> worse than said. the rest of the movie. That's what I just said. No, no, but it's not about the charm setting in. It's not like I got used to the bad. It's that the first 10 minutes are among the worst of all of the movie. I, I meant, like, charming stuff appears oh i see like what you the mean movie. Oh, okay i thought you, okay. a little bit more i gotcha <laughs> gotcha uh i also watched all of the first season of batman beyond nice and i'm reminded how much i liked that show um it's got a really cool uh i forgot about the spellbinder which was the character they made for that show who was pretty cool he was very much like mysterio but uh actually he was exactly like mysterio <laughs> but they did a good job on that show uh and they're they're dr freeze story in that show in the first season is really good where that's the one where um because the the villain in that show is like exposed all this radiation and so they're trying to figure out how to get him a normal body again and so to test it they go get dr freeze's head uh which is obviously a horrible idea and they're like well we're gonna give take your brain and put it in a clone body and see how you do because if that works we'll give it we'll do it to powers uh and then it's this really sort of beautiful kind of heartbreaking uh, as most Mr. Freeze stories are yep. uh where he gets his body back and he's a nice guy and he's like saving little girls cats and shit but then like his body starts to deteriorate and he starts getting hot everywhere he is even when it's snowing and there's even like there's this beautiful shot where he's outside and he's walking and he's sweating and he's having a really hard time and he looks up and it's starting to snow and which it doesn't actually make sense because then like the next the next shot it's like springtime somewhere but it's just the idea just that shot of it starting to snow around him and he's sweating it's just it's awful uh, it's awesome um but then like the next episode is this really awful ripoff of fantastic four that was i remember that episode and i didn't realize how bad it was because it is them telling the story of fantastic four and dr doom like the exact script from the that first Fantastic Four movie, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the same story, but at the end, Batman shows up and saves them. <laughs> uh, and and it's, you know, 2D Man and a Magma Guy and a Wispy Woman, but there's no Human Torch. And they're called, like, the Terrific Three <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Like, oh, that's bad, but that show, is, that show is cool. It is a cool show. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. Um, I'm, I might have to lend it to you once you're done with all the Batman you have. I know. I have to get caught up. I was so mad. I kept on meaning to watch him, but... And I really like Terry McGinnis. I do. Like, I never, I never cared about most of the Robins, but Terry McGinnis, I, I was totally into. Anyway. I bet you were. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Whoa. How long did we have to watch Twink suck that guy's dick in that alleyway? It was really long. That was a long scene. So, Brad, what have you been watching? Brad, what have you been watching? I know. That was a horrible segue, James. (laughs) 
Uh, unfortunately, not much. So moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to note. I watched more Mr. Show, which is great. I watched uh, Family Guy Volume Nine, which is a bunch of episodes I already saw. Unfortunately, so <laughs> um, I was hoping to find like later ones sure. on the DVD that I maybe missed, and uh, I saw them yeah. all. You know which one really works well on that DVD though is the really long murder mystery episode. is really good. Um, with Diane Simmons. Yeah, that's the thing that bugged me. Is like, why would they pick her as the, like the. And then actually kill off real characters. Like, the, those characters that died in that episode are dead in the show. Yeah, but did you, have you seen the replacement for Diane Simmons on the news show? It's yeah. the same exact voice, just a different character. Different character, yeah. It's funny. But, you know, but, Goldman's wife's dead. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but it is, it, I thought it was really well done, that episode. It's Yeah, it, it has, like, um, kind of Hitchcock alludes in. to Gosford Park, I felt. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Especially the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, except for the villain actually getting killed. <laughs> yeah. Part. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I watched uh, that, and then I saw The Dark Knight Rises for my eighth time, second wow. time IMAX. Wow. I didn't realize it was up that high. Yeah. I've only got four, four, five more to go, and I'll just go to the Elvis Theater and <laughs> crank them out at like <laughs> three bucks a pop. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. So, um, they actually played um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> when I got in there and then uh, I was kind of sitting there thinking like, did I go to it? There's only one IMAX theater in here. What's <laughs> going on? And then I got up, went outside and they're like, Oh, and they got in there like, <laughs> change their movie in room nine or whatever. And then yeah. I went back. Were you the, the only ramp. one in there? No, there are a bunch of other people. Like when I came back into the room, cause I got up like right away, like this is wrong. And then uh, as soon as I was coming out, uh, like a whole wave of people were starting to come out, like wondering what was going on. I was oh, like, I thought they were they're changing it. They're changing it. Go back inside. <laughs> yeah. We're not crazy. We're not in the wrong room. <laughs> Um, did they? Did you get free M and M's? No, I did when they didn't project the movie right in my theater. I was yeah. rewarded with uh, a couple sitting behind me chatting the whole fucking time. <laughs> oh so, gosh! And also rewarded with having to move across. I don't the... remember Harrison Ford in this movie. <laughs> Is he Batman? There's maybe like eight to ten people in there. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, okay. Now you have to set up a rule though. If you're going to the Elvis mo- theater to see Batman, if the reel burns up halfway through the movie, does that count as a viewing? Mm. Exactly halfway. I think we'll have to solve this on the next episode of Real Nerds Podcast. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Okay. Cool. So now it's time for the Comic Corner. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Um. Anyways, I'm going to recommend a book, a trade paperback I picked up a while ago that I finally finished. Cool. And it's called Deviate, Gods and Monsters, which is... A Rebecca Isaacs book written by Brian Wood, and um, the Deviate are teenager, teenage kids, kind of a little, maybe a little older than teenagers, and they're they're part of a program that they're given superpowers. Mm. And the part of this program is actually the second series of Deviate. I don't know anything about it, so right. it took me a little bit to get going. But in you it. picked it up there because of Rebecca Isaacs. It, oh yeah, gotcha. Um, and but what happens is all these superheroes are dropped onto this uh, like kind of prehistoric world where all these, there's all these different tribes like dinosaurs or uh, no, no, like no. prehistoric people. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess simple. Pe- I don't even know yeah, how you yeah, describe yeah. it. Uh, um, pre-civilization. There we human, go. Pre-civilization. Humanoids. But each of them have a different kind of um, faction where some of them are sorcerers and things like that. And they all gravitate towards, these superheroes who they believe are gods. um, And it's a really interesting character study about what happens with when you have power over people, what do you do with the power? One guy sleeps with a bunch of women. Another guy murders people. um, 
And it's told through the point of view of this uh, uh, girl. And she's kind of just, you know, trying to get everybody to say, hey, we're not here for this purpose. We're here to um, maybe study. They, I'm not going to spoil it because you kind of figure out what they're doing the whole time. But they're put there on purpose by the people that control them mm-hmm. to see how they react to this environment. And it's really interesting. And it's a really cool character study. The art is fucking fantastic in it. Um, Surprise. And it, what was really interesting is she kind of has the same style. Um, she didn't really change her style, like she said in her interview with us, for uh, Angel and Faith. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, and her line work, I, I've always said this about her. I love her line work. It's so clean. Um, but yeah, you should pick it up. It's a really interesting book. Is it something where you think you're going to go back and get the, the previous ones so that you can sort of see where it came I, from? I don't know. Uh, maybe, because the previous one is uh, written in... Um, the, it's drawn and written by Jim Lee, so oh. um, from his Wildstorm imprint. So, yeah. I mean, I might check it out. I don't know. Um, we'll it'll see. look pretty. Yeah, it'll look, seems it'll like look cool. it seems like it'd be a pretty different book because he and he and she have very different art. Arts oh yeah, because even the cover for the trade paperback is Jim Lee. Oh, and Jim Lee's kind of sketchy. Um, yeah, he's good though. I mean, his Batman run was awesome. Right, but he kind of has that little more. Sk- scratch i guess i don't know how to describe it well and just the way he shapes his characters yeah it feels very different it's very traditional superhero it is and she um that's what i really like about her too she doesn't make the women like really busty Mm -hmm. and even when she did her miss marvel she's not even like super busty like miss marvel really is uh, drawn by men right yeah yeah i was gonna say please finish that (laughs) sentence please finish that um but yeah I, i think you should pick it up it's it's a really interesting book and it's it's re- it's really good. It really, really is. I'm not just saying that because Rebecca Isaacs. The writing in it's really good too. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of one of those books that went under the radar because it's Wildstorm and right. DC's. Eh, it'll make two thousand copies of this or whatever. Um, but yeah, you should pick it up. And it's a really interesting character study. And I think it's fascinating to see if you had superpowers, what would you do with them? If you had, if you believed yourself superior to other people, right? Um, eh, eh, yeah, I should definitely pick it up. So yeah, Deviate, Gods and Monsters. You can pick it up at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. 20% off trade paperbacks. And the trade paperbacks only, I think, $14. So Dude. It's like a $10 comic. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah. So pick it two up. issues. Deviate. This week on our Comic-Con interviews, Tom sat down with us. Tom was at the Denver Comic-Con, and he was actually selling all his comic books. And he'll tell you why right now. Well, Tom, my name's Ryan. I'm part of the Real Nerds Podcast. This is Brad. He's our producer. Hey, Brad. He just wears the headphones. And okay. Tom, what do you do? What are you doing here at Comic-Con? Well, <laughs> I'm I actually carrying a box of comics around that I started collecting a long time ago, and I just thought, well, maybe this is a good time to see if I can sell them. And I went and visited a fellow at Heritage Auctions. Uh-huh. Uh, but the reason I even knew about him is because I collect movie posters. Oh, you really? Uh, what is uh, your most prized movie poster that you have been? Most prized? I, well, that's that's hard to say. I have an Invasion of the Body Snatchers half style, uh, half sheet style B. Amazing. Um, a very rare one. I've actually have it on consignment right now. Wow. Um, so that's probably my big one. My favorite ones. I really like the Rocketeer. Oh, yeah. You've seen that poster. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful poster. Chinatown. 
another amazing one. Yeah. So you like the really iconic ones then. Right. Um, but, I mean, I guess Rocketeer, not really, because uh, not a huge box office smash. No, but, but the image. The image is amazing. Art Deco, um, know, don't, don't do things like that anymore. At all. I mean, no. they didn't do it before. You know, you know the, the Captain America poster isn't that way, but the movie had the Art yeah. Deco feel to it, and it was really fun. I like that. I like that quite a bit. And you just you mentioned Prometheus before you sat down. Have you right. seen Prometheus? I have seen Prometheus. And what did you think of Prometheus? I thought it was great. We did too. We loved it. You know, I've seen the reviews out there, and a lot of people were sort of, you know, I think Rotten Tomatoes or some site like that had about 75%. Yeah. So people are like, it's good, but they don't think it's great. And then Roger Ebert actually gave it 100. Wow. Uh, he thought it was a masterpiece. Wow. I'm, I think, I don't, what about you? I mean, I think it's a little short of a masterpiece, uh, but visually yeah. it's amazing. Uh, I think short of masterpiece, yes. Visually it's an amazing movie. But I, I think the story's told really well. I think it's shot very beautifully. Um, I, I, think, I think it's a really cool movie. Um, yeah, a masterpiece, I don't know. I'll have to watch it again because um, yeah. I really want to. Uh, I thought it was one way. My wife there was telling me about uh, how she interpreted it, and it blew my mind. Oh, really? Yes. It is open to interpretation. It is. It's funny that the reviews I read, people were either saying, hey, you know, I really like that it didn't tell you everything, that it lets you figure it out for yourself, or, hey, they told you everything. They didn't leave anything to your imagination, and I don't really understand that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I consider myself a pretty bright person, and I I thought it it left some, some things open. I mean, for instance, you know, and I don't know... Maybe I should give a spoiler alert here or something like <laughs> we, that. We, we've already spoiled the movie, so by the time you're on our podcast, people already have listened to it. I, I know. would hope so. But, you know, at the end, uh, she's saying, you know what, I want to take off and find that planet where these guys came from and ask them why. Yeah. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I want to go to back to this planet full of this crap that they just, you know, yeah. built all these WMDs. They just, uh, what, I'm probably saying it wrong. And... And drop it off on them, see how they deal. Exactly. With it. We uh, we thought it'd be a cool. Uh, this is James, by the way. Hey, James. We right, thought it'd be. Uh, we thought it'd be cool if they did a movie where it was her traveling to find them. Yeah. Where it would be her in a robot head. Oh, friend. It just, it just sounds like the cover of an old <laughs> serial novel, you know. Like, <laughs> you can just see the image of you know her carrying a head in an alien ship. Like it just, it's such a cool idea. Yeah. I well, I mean, I, I think they ended it that way for a reason. I think yeah. they've already made five of them, so why not make a sixth one? And, and why not make one that goes somewhere else? Right. You know, why not make one that stays in that universe that those ideas we love, but do something different? Yeah. Now, how well do you did you think they pieced things t- together at the end? Because, you know. It wasn't entirely a prequel, but obviously the last 20 minutes or so, they're lining everything up. The ship had to fall a certain way, and you know well, we had to get uh, a creature to look kind of like the alien in the movies. Yeah. What's interesting is if you go back and look through, I mean, Damon Lindelof is not an idiot, no matter what some people on the internet would right. say about him. He, he makes some deliberate choices, and so does Ridley Scott, to make it not line up. To, to add a little doubt, you know, the ship doesn't quite fall exactly the same way. The uh, the the signal that's on, like the, the it's like LD two thirty something or like something like that. That they they say that number in Alien, it's a different number, and they purposely right. make it a different number to, to add some like some mystery to it. Uh, I, I I think it's interesting, and the fact that like the well spoilers for a movie. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, covered yeah. that. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, uh, the fact that the space jockey does not die in his car, like he doesn't die in the in the jockey seat. 
So, you know, there, there are obviously things exactly. that don't line up. So they're like not. In Alien, they find that he's had a chest burster, right? right? I mean, something came out. Well, that, that didn't happen in this yeah. movie, and it's kind of hard to figure out how that would Is even it happen. And it makes you think, well, maybe Alien actually started on a different planet. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah that's what uh, I, I said it wrong. Different but the, moon. That, that LD number yeah. is the number of the planet. That's oh, like the I see. So okay. it is actually, like, a they make planet. it a different planet. Yeah, yeah. well, there's two um, moons, aren't there? Yeah. So maybe maybe yeah. it's the other moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's you, crazy. I, you know, there were some similarities in, uh, in how things looked in space in Alien to this yeah. one. So you figure, well, it's probably the same solar system or something, or the same planet they're revolving around. But Agreed. Yeah. Or they might be, you know, they obviously have the technology to travel far distances because they came to Earth. Right. So maybe it's far away. So we'll get to see the space adventure of a robot head and his kick-ass girlfriend. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, now, Tom, I, I missed this earlier, but Brad tells me that you're you're selling your comic book collection. What are you selling it for? Well, I'm, I'm trying to – I was really yeah. trying to, to get it, uh, uh, you know, sent to auction. Oh. But, um, you know, you're in the auction business. you got to be particular – there's a certain dollar amount that the comics have to be, and comics have changed an awful lot yeah. uh, since I was buying them. And I think the biggest thing is that in the last, I don't know, six years or so, any comic that's not, even even the big titles, uh, the popular ones, the expensive ones, if they're not a 9.6 or a 9.8 or something, they're almost worthless. Yeah. I mean, yep. not worthless, but, boy, it's a, a big gap between the highly... Uh, the, the perfect ones and the ones that aren't right. so perfect. Agreed. Well, all, a lot of the fans are looking to buy it. Like, they just want one because it's cool and it'll look good right. on the wall. They don't need it in the best condition. The people who are wanting to pay a lot of money want the, the very best. They're and the so serious collectors. There's a and big money gap there. It's the same way in the movie poster business, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, there's some people that just want the image. So they don't care yeah. whether it's a reprint or not. Oh, yeah. They just like the image. And then you get the collectors. They like the idea of it having actually been in a movie theater. Right. Some of, actually, a lot of people like that idea, even if they're not collectors. Yeah. And so they're willing to pay a little bit more money for one that was actually in a theater and, and has that image. And then you got people who say, well, I want, the, I want the alternate style or I want the advance or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting hobby. It is. Cool. Thanks, Tom, for sitting down with yeah. us. I really appreciate it, and uh, you miss it too. But he collects movie posters as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. You got a you got a rate as the Lost Ark poster? Guess what? He said his favorite oh, yeah. one is though. A few of them. The Rocketeer. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I want to hug you so bad. <laughs> yeah. oh, this man. guy loves a Rocketeer. Yeah, yeah so it's it's awesome. It's a, it's a beautiful poster. And it's funny, you know, it's funny. I, I, you may not know this, but Dave Stevens' biggest problem with that movie, the reason he he argues it didn't do well, was because he thinks that the the marketing, the, the, especially that poster, wasn't good enough. He thinks he thinks it was so stylized. Like I am the opposite way, where I'm like that is so cool. But he thinks that it plays to people like me and not to. You know, your average Joe who would love that movie. Like, that movie's so good. Yeah. But no one went to see it. Yeah. What, how, you know? It was a fun movie. I mean, it wasn't no. the world's greatest movie or anything, but... No. I don't know. For, for what it wanted to do, it did it yeah. perfectly. Pulp Fiction comes along very rarely. Yeah. So when it when it's done even that well, yeah. it's it's gold, you know? Yep. Yeah. That's too cool, Tom. Awesome. Well, I told you I could talk forever on movies. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> no, we appreciate your time. Thank yeah, you, no Tom. Problem. Have a nice day. All right. You Have fun too. at the convention. Hey, thanks, All Tom. Right. Hey, Tom. Thanks for stopping by the Real Nerds podcast booth. Yeah, that was cool. We're almost out of these interviews, but we might have some more at the Mile High Horror Fest. So stay tuned for that. Speaking of horror, this week we saw Resident Evil Retribution. <laughs> um, James, should people go see RE5? Um 
if you're like me and you think that product placement is really funny and you <laughs> have been watching Paul W. Sanderson movies for years. Show me the always, Carfax. Always. Oh, God. The Carfax one was good. <laughs> uh, and, and you always enjoy watching this garbage. Then, yeah, you should run and see this movie because this is the Resident Evil movie you've wanted since the last Resident Evil movie. <laughs> um, but the rest of normal people should avoid this like the plague because it's awful. Like the Las Plagas or no, no, the just plague? Like, okay. No, the Black Plague. Okay. Yeah. Perhaps you people go see Resident Evil 5. I don't think it was possible that a movie could put me in such a bad mood as I'm in right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like you said, you stole my adjective. It was garbage. And I I think I have a I can make a case that there is actually no script for this movie. Oh, no, there's not. It yeah. was just they got a bunch of set pieces that they thought were cool, but they're not. And they're completely uninventive. And they just said, start rolling the camera. All right. Just say whatever. <laughs> terrible it's terrible um i don't think it's that bad here's a trailer you fucker <laughs> come on babe rise and shine let's get that beautiful ass out of bed you want cereal <laughs> watch it tiger please get a room sorry None of this is real. None, none, none of this is real. All these memories were imprinted. My name is Alice. Al Alice, how nice to see you again. What the hell is going on here? We have you under all control. They used me to perfect the virus. Everyone I've ever known. Everything I've ever done is being used against me. And now they can manipulate the world. We've taken over New York, Moscow, Tokyo. This is humanity's last stand. The beginning of the end. I'm gonna kill you. Good luck. You'll need it. Umbrella is more powerful than ever. And we're the only ones who can stop them. Sweet ride. Let me uh, let me argue against your there is no script for this because I think you're overestimating Paul W. Sanderson's uh, talent in as far as writing is concerned because he is the kind of person who would write dialogue like this. Well, because uh, there is no we, plot. Can we set up the movie first, please? Okay, please. Fine, can we fine, set up fine, the movie? Fine. I just well, didn't. I didn't want to let that. Please don't. I don't want to relive it. Yeah, I didn't want to let that lie. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that Brad knew this movie was actually worse because yeah, we can't make excuses for it. Okay.
Um, so what I thought was actually kind of funny is we always joke that um, Paul W. S. Anderson movies end with a <laughs> shot on the heroes and it pans out and you see there's a bigger yeah. Um, a usually, usually there's like one helicopter coming in and then more helicopters and then more or yeah. one boat and then more and then more but it's but, always pulling back and things get worse as but you what's go. kind of funny is as i was watching the opening of this movie during the credits i'm like did paul w Sanderson listen to our podcast because yeah. he's kind of like poking fun at himself where it's going in reverse of what yeah. he usually does which yeah. i actually thought the opening was kind of interesting I'm like, i did too i'm saying he's doing something kind of cool here where he's going backwards but then he decided that he's going to show that scene again yeah. After he has Alice give the like literally the oh, first there's 15 minutes. first 15 minutes of the movie is That explains the rest of the trilogy yeah. or not trilogy that's the quadrilogy the first four movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um which is really unnecessary. Oh yeah. Did they uh, is there a studio mandate for that maybe no. where it says you have to explain the rest of these movies. When it goes to this uh, whole idea and especially with the with the way this movie ends with this that whole melee that goes on for way too long. I I wonder if he is delusional enough to think that he has been like building to something over five movies because yeah. he clearly doesn't. He clearly just like okay, where did we leave the last one? All right, here's some random shit, uh, and then he'll leave it off somewhere else, just insane. Yeah, you know, and um, I'll actually, but that that opening makes you feel like, uh, and you know, with with retelling all of the stuff that happened for way too long, makes you feel like okay, some of this stuff is gonna come back, but yeah. it doesn't. And you know, to Brad's point at the beginning, I, I actually agree. I think um, he looked at it and says. Well, my wife is hot, so I'm going to put her in action scenes where we kind of show her off. Mm-hmm. But there's really nothing advancing a plot. No. It's nothing is really happening except her literally killing zombies in a cool way. Like that yeah. scene in the, the hallway, I thought was pretty badass where she was uh, hitting them with chain and shooting them and stuff. But as a service for the movie with a plot, it had nothing to do with the movie no. at all. It's just, hey, my wife looks really cool in skin-tight clothes. Yeah. She should kill things. That's what... Oh, I laughed, and Brad, I'm sure, can attest to this, how often I was laughing through this movie. But every time that something would happen, like when they introduced the fact that this the whole plot is she's in a building, and there are guys outside. She needs to get out of the building. There are guys outside trying to get in to save her out of the building. And also, the building is a series of rooms that look like different cities and different locations so she can fight zombies in them. I was exactly. like, this is the most simple and inane plot device for like globe trekking in exactly. in an action movie like Why? this like it's it's room to room combat that's all it is yeah you know and the thing that always i mean i still think the movies are fun but like the thing that always irked me about the movies is what's umbrella's end game what are they trying oh. to prove oh no no they've they've completely lost that because and and she always, especially at the beginning of the movies, she always talks like, oh, Umbrella's still around, and they're, they've got this evil plan. They never have an evil plan. What they do is they capture her, and they 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 build a room around her that's just bright, and everything, oh, the floor is always the Umbrella symbol, and usually it turns on really slowly. And has armor ready to go. <laughs> yeah. And oh yeah, and if the security system shuts down, they give her clothes and the and a gun, and they open the door for her and let her uh, into the hall. The gun she got out of the police car. Come on, let's remember the movie, right? <laughs> which which I, one of one of the nitpicky things was she goes out into Tokyo and there's a police car and she wants to get in it so she can get the gun. So she looks over and there's a bike rack and she takes there's just a a chain with a lock on it hanging over. Nobody locked the bike up. They just left their uh, chain. It's a simulation. Maybe the simulating guys forgot to put <laughs> the chain on the bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm um, sure. But yeah, you know, that's again, it's it's literally I'm going to go from set piece to set piece with no coherent plot. No. And then they literally the the only plot that they would advance a story is they would have Wesker or Alice tell you what was happening. Yeah. And I, I guess you're supposed to be terrified of the little British girl who says, "Kill them all." Oh, they! Brought, I can't believe they brought her back. I mean, he really did. Like at some point in making this movie, he decided, "Okay, I'm gonna." I've made this epic four movie series, <laughs> and I'm gonna go back and I'm going to pay homage to everything that I've done and get every shitty actor that's been in this series and every awful moment because that little girl in the first one is not bad, but in this one. She's in it constantly, and she pops it like, you know, a scene will end, and all of a sudden the 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 screen will go red, and she'll pop up, and she'll be like, "Kill Project Alice," and then like some zombies will come in, and it'll just keep the action going for no real reason. Um, yeah, it's, she just spawns shit left and right. Oh. And as a Resident Evil fan, I mean, they do do things where you're they remind you that this is Resident Evil, like the elevator going down. I mean, that's a Resident Evil device where you're on an elevator and it's going down really slowly and the monsters jump on. Yeah. But I was hoping that they would do that. You know, they're going to either going up or down on this huge elevator yeah. and then they're overran by liquors or zombies or something. That would be cool. Yeah. But instead it's, it gets stopped. And, uh, and I didn't understand too, in the credits, they said, you know, so-and-so as Leon S. Kennedy, like you, you had to know that they were bringing in the, video game characters to make you like it more i didn't get it i don't know um yeah i just don't understand some of his choices and the editing was so bad i mean the scene where leon and um ada wong are talking he says i don't know any of these characters names because this movie is really bad who are you talking about uh the guy with the bangs in his face and the chinese girl uh, the guy they wanted to be sawyer from lost and yeah the asian girl with the large slit up yeah. the side of her Wait, uh, dress. they literally yeah. just took the costumes from the video game and put them on it's it's like yeah. fan service but if you're gonna do fan service why don't they just make it like the fucking games where you don't have anyways where he says i don't want you to go and then there's like this pause before it cuts to her and then she says her line and then there's another pause and then it cuts to him he said do you not understand like beats and rhythm in a script or if there is a script maybe uh, they were trying to compensate for the bad acting (laughs) well (laughs) that's the thing how do we chop this up to make it good (laughs) um some of the actors that have been in this series um can be good the one there there is one actor in this movie that I have seen be really good, and it's the guy who at the end gets his face slashed, right? And he delivers the only oh, yes, Kevin Durant. The, the only good, well delivered line in the entire movie is when he he sort of laughs and goes, "I'm actually kind of enjoying this," right? Like it's it's the one time where the audience laughed legitimately at a line in the movie that was actually not that bad. Yeah, and um, it's it's weird too because the character of Alice kind of went from this really serious kick-ass where she started spouting off these not very good one-liners oh yeah you know i don't i don't understand the tone of his movies sometimes but i feel like he is not good at getting good performances out of actors i think he does the ed wood thing where he he turns the camera on and is like okay this is the dialogue that i wrote and then they do it really quick and And i don't okay done and honestly i think his visually i don't think he's a bad director no i think he has cool ideas but i've said this for years i think he is a hack Oh, and, and to be a hack, the two definitions there are that he has to have talent but squander it to make money. And I think if you watch, especially if you go back to some of his earlier movies, even something really stupid like Event Horizon, like 
he does some cool stuff in there, and and visually he does some cool stuff. I I even think that there are movies that he's done where the editing and the and the action scenes have been kind of cool. Um, lately he just green screens everything and close cuts the action so that it that it's nonsense. Um, but I've seen him do stuff where I was like that wasn't that bad. But now he he makes so much money with these god awful movies. Um, that he he doesn't even try anymore. Oh no, you know that suburbia opening. I mean, it's literally Dawn of the Dead, not yeah. as well done. Oh because, yeah. Because you know me, I love zombie movies, and I think the remake of Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder's, the first twenty minutes, I think are terrifying, and I think it's yeah. done very well. Mm-hmm. But this one, they he, they try to do it, and just no, <laughs> you know, <sighs> and. They even had her get in an accident with a big truck, like yeah. Dawn of the no, Dead. No, it was oh it was gosh. exactly the same sequence and kind of the same beats too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's it, it's such a bummer because I th- I honestly believe that the movies do have potential. But you're right; it's like he he has some. You feel like he has some grand plan, but then you realize he doesn't have a plan. He's just no. He's just winging it. He's you know going from set piece to set piece, and how cool can I make this look? And I don't really care if the story makes sense or not. All I got from the whole movie is it feels like they greenlit a new movie and they went in like, and then halfway through like, we're bored with this. Why are we doing this again other than a paycheck? This is stupid. Mm-hmm. Let's just get it done and move on. That's what and I mean. I think he only, because he, he gets the movies greenlit. Like he's already everybody, talking. Everybody in the movie, like even secondary characters, Mila yeah. Jodovich, they just all look so like, oh. <sighs> I got to say this line or going to this, this you can kind of see it behind their eyes. Like, this just doesn't yeah, you know, I have guess any purpose. Too, this makes sense. This is so lame. Um, you'd think it'd be cool when they're fighting. The, the two executioners are fighting the two uh, female leads. But then it just kind of ends because they're like, oh, we're kind of out of ideas. Yeah. So we'll fire. just have them blow up. I mean, I thought it'd been cooler if, you know, they get hit with the fire. Then they throw off that car. and They're on fire now and chasing them. Yeah. But I'm, flaming I, monsters would yeah, be cool. How come I have better ideas than Paul W. S. Anderson? Hey, well, uh freaking screen gems if you're listening to this i could write a better resident evil movie oh god i laughed the first the first thing that came on the screen was just screen gems in the resident evil font and i laughed at that even that was a joke (laughs) yeah the the uh the product placement was really bad oh yeah um the GameStop one the GameStop Um, one was the first one that really the rock star one that the monsters came out of the rock star no uh, no that was the escape oh the escape was yeah. yeah and all of a sudden rock star opened up and she could escape through Rockstar. <laughs> Are the zombie commies the worst shooters since the the Imperial Force in Star Wars? Again, that's a that's a thing that like kinda could be cool visually. Like, oh dude, some Soviet zombies. Alright, here's something interesting. Makes no sense in the movie. No. Why is it why is it that the Russians would want to buy something that turns their guys into some kind of mutant? And why are they like World War II Soviets? Yeah, and why are they so close in shooting and they're not hitting them? Like, uh, it wouldn't have been more terrifying if it's literally just thousands of zombies coming after them? I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they're the kind of action sequences where bad guys pull rocket launchers out of nowhere <laughs> and shoot it at our heroes and our heroes duck. Those are the action sequences that we get in this movie. Remember that part where um, Alice is really good at like shooting people in like one shot, but then when she uh, goes up against Jill Valentine at point blank range, she just can't seem to like get <laughs> one bullet in her. And, and then, then uh, she turns to Michelle Rodriguez and like lays a bunch into her. Uh, it went to Mortal Kombat all of a sudden. They started doing X-ray moves <laughs> where uh, Michelle Rodriguez would punch people yeah. and then it showed the inside of them crushing. <laughs> oh, gosh, he ripped yeah. that off for Mortal Kombat. 
Well, he rips everything he off. Which he made. <laughs> he well, yeah, yeah. That he made that, but that, that Mortal Kombat movie is not that bad. It really isn't. No, but um, you know, and here's a, like, there's a part of me that wants to listen through some of the soundtrack to this movie because I'm pretty sure that once again he stole a couple of cues from Pirates of the Caribbean as well as that scene where the guy gets shot and he falls down and then he gets back up and shoots a guy and then he gets shot again and falls down again. You know that scene, which was mm-hmm. awful. Um, the cues right there are the Inception cues, like that mm. wah, like that building up thing. And they are, uh, yes, that is a pretty general thing, but the way the tone's built, I was like, this is almost exactly the same as Inception. And based on what he did in his last movie, Three, uh, Three Musketeers, where he stole, flat out stole the Sherlock Holmes and Pirates of the Caribbean themes, I think that at some point he has realized he can get away with that, and I think he's doing it. I think that he is stealing. <laughs> he's bits so of conniving scores. that yeah. until James rises up and takes him down <laughs> <laughs> on well, a podcast. I mean, none of this is as bad as as Three Musketeers was because Three Musketeers, uh, someone should sue him for that because it's really bad there, like Vanilla Ice bad. Well, you know, you know what's really bad is this says evil goes global. She really didn't go global. No, she's in the same <laughs> building. What was the retribution part? Yeah, the retribution uh, didn't make any sense. The no, afterlife the, the, didn't make sense. Apocalypse didn't make sense. The, the subtitles. Well, afterlife, she came back from the dead. Did she come back from no, the dead? No, she didn't. No, afterlife, there were clones of her, and all the other clones died at the beginning of the movie, and she was the only one left. Well, yeah, it's like it's well, symbolism. Oh, you know what? I guess the afterlife could be that she lost all her powers, so she's... Afterlife. No, not till the end. Yeah. She doesn't lose her powers till the end of that movie. No, it's at the beginning where she gets stuck with Wesker in the airplane when she's escaping, or the helicopter thing. Oh, is that at the beginning? And yeah. then Wesker comes back in the movie where she's like, I'm going to kill you. But then mm-hmm. they like cut to the next scene where they're walking on top of the White House. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, all right, well, what's your plan first before I kill you? you know? Why don't you just what? kill him anyways? Yeah. And then remember that part uh, when she walks out into Tokyo there and there's like a 20-minute montage of her just like looking at that Japanese girl and then her turning around. It goes on. Yeah. Too, like that's one of those things where I think he puts it in slow motion so his movies are longer. <laughs> I wonder if it looks better in 3D. Yeah. <laughs> no, gosh. So many, like... <laughs> no, but I wonder if it's an effect of 3D. Like, if it had been 3D, like, it wouldn't have felt as long. Because Maybe. Because it would have been, like, crossing in front of your Because when you got bored, you could look at other things on the screen. Maybe the umbrellas floating around look cool in 3D. I don't know. You know the thing that drives me nuts, too, is a guy he has played Wesker. Obviously watched Wesker from the games, and it's his interpretation of the character, but he's not good. Nobody is. Y- y- I, honestly, I'd like to have a conversation about whether you thought... That the actress who plays uh, Jill Valentine or the actress who plays the Asian chick were worse. Like, which of those two do you think? Is oh, worse? I think it's Jill Valentine. You think where so? She, oh, she delivered some lines. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. Yeah, I think every line she's delivered was just oh, is just the inflected worst line. very poorly until yeah. until she's not mind controlled anymore. So I think she was doing something on purpose <laughs> there, but still, right, even after that was bad. Your character is under control of this spider thing. <laughs> so use that as your motivation. <laughs> so I'm a robot. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, ex- no, exactly. That's exactly what Yeah, it it's weird like. because the I mean, as a huge fan of this game series, um Wesker is kind of this arrogant guy. And so, you know, when he's trying to kill you, he's like, oh, that's not good enough, Chris, or whatever he says. But this guy tries to do that, but not do it very effectively. Yeah. So it, it's really weird. Anyways. Man. And Michelle Rodriguez 
is actually trying. I think she's. I think she is trying because she's just glad she's not in jail anymore. <laughs> but did she go to jail? She's bad. Yeah, but she is bad in this movie. In both of her roles, I was really glad when she got knocked across the room and her neck broke because <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh, good, one less Michelle Rodriguez in this mo- movie. Not few enough, but one less." What was her line like? Hey, where'd you pick up these guys? Yeah, yeah. What was that the line? girls liked it. Um, yeah. Why was the liquor harvesting people? Yeah, why? How come it comes and gets Newt and takes Newt and puts it in an alien <laughs> pod? Who was that right? guy who luckily had bombs strapped to him that slid out of the pod? Yeah, where did <laughs> that guy come from? And how come he didn't do that in the first place? And I love, too, all the random umbrella bad guys that are just there oh, oh, conveniently. I like the part where Paul W.S. Anderson deliberately tortures the audience for five minutes. Where okay, so she wakes up in that room where it's got the floor that looks Five like minutes, umbrella. Like Ninety minutes, and she's <laughs> and she's she's dressed in paper, and then I saw some nip nip and slip, then, <laughs> and then the that one room pops up, and Jill Valentine delivers an awful line as poorly as she can. And who then, do you work for? And then there's some more bad dialogue, and then there's the most ear shattering, awful garbage noise, and then he does it again, and again. Maybe even four times, and it goes. It just goes on, and it's like, okay, you realize we're watching this movie. You're actually torturing us during this movie. It's funny you say that. I was thinking the same thing. Like, is this movie trying to piss me off? <laughs> yeah. No, I did. I. He's I, like, you like Resident Evil? Well, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. You think Umbrella is cool? Well, fuck you. Oh no, exactly. It's funny too because my, my half naked wife. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, Fuck your dirty thoughts. <laughs> my stepbrother who came with us, he actually likes the movies. He says, oh, you know, they're not great, but it's cool to see her kick ass. And then at the end, he's like, he even looked at me and says, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not even like, I don't feel like she is a good female heroine. Like, there's that scene where she and and the, the, the Newt and Michelle Rodriguez are in the underground and she basically tells Michelle Rodriguez that the thing that makes you a badass is being able to shoot a gun. Not even well, just being mm-hmm. able to shoot a gun. And I was like, no, that is not what should be defining well, this too, ca- I mean, there's no character as far as I Paul W. Sanderson messed up because even in the first one, is intriguing where you, you thought that she was kind of this out of place girl. And what's she doing there? But right. you turned out it turned out she was actually a villain. Right. Uh, but she just happened to get her, I, I forget how it goes, but she was not a good person. Right. I, to me, that's more interesting that she's a heroine in that one because she's flawed. Yeah. And she has to kind of have redemption. Maybe that's a new title, Resident Evil Redemption. But that that would imply any kind of character development on this. You could literally... This character in this movie is the same as the character in Ultraviolet. There's mm-hmm. no difference. They are both just nonsense, yeah, I mean, action-y characters that do nothing. Honestly, I don't know where he can possibly go with a story because, I mean, what is he? what's the next step when... Uh, he'll he'll theme everything very Assassin's it, Creed three. Is there going to be something underground and they have to escape it? It was all no. a dream. No, yeah, it, 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 she'll she'll have to. Do none like, of the nations have a nuke? Like no one fired one off. To, no, to, no, no, no. So you don't understand because they don't use nukes anymore because they used biological warfare, which would never actually happen because it's not accurate. Like you're making a joke. See, no, that's no, what, no, that's in what the he movie, said. There's, Wesker has that long speech where he's like, oh, you know, we didn't need no nukes No one stockpiled any nukes anywhere? No. no I, gu- I guess like, they got like, oh, we them. have the bio, so, you know, destroy all the nukes. We got the bio weapon. But just the idea of that is insane <laughs> because nobody's going, like, Canada's not going to shoot a bio weapon into America. Uh, Russia's not going to shoot a bio weapon into America because 
it's gonna spread to places, especially if it's something like like zombieism. Like, okay, well, it, it it's a horrible idea. It's a horrible, horrible plot device. This movie is awful. That's why you I know so something like The Walking Dead is so much smarter. Yeah, because it's everyone's infected and it overtakes you before you can make a difference. One of the funniest movies I saw all year. <laughs> this this movie. Um, and it's got mutalisks at the end, which you guys don't appreciate. But I died. I died at the end of this movie. There were mutalisks. And I was like, what the fuck is that doing in this movie? And you say they're from Resident Evil, but I don't care. It, it, that shot is literally from the, the StarCraft II trailer. Uh, I believe you. I'm sure he stole it from StarCraft II and Resident Evil. Oh, man. Um, you can email us, realnerds at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. Download us on iTunes. Search Real Nerds Podcast. You can also tweet us, real underscore nerds. Call us, 720-6nerds5. Next week, we're seeing Dread. I hope we don't dread that one. Actually, still getting really good reviews. So good. Yeah, it should be fun, man. Should be fun. Um, we're also going to try to set up an interview with Tom Sullivan, Alex's dad. Um, so stay tuned for that. Until next week, fucking bye. Bye. Bye.